Hello and welcome to the Scottish Indie Podcast. Tonight I'm delighted to welcome along Stuart from Rest. How you doing, mate? Uh, yeah, not so bad. Thanks for having us on. How's things? Yeah, not bad at all. Enjoying the good weather uh, and delighted to have you on as well. It's clearly been a very exciting time for your band. Uh, back to, to live shows, a new single out. Well, I'm going to put this out on the day of the release. So a new single out today. Things yeah. after stalling for some time look to be moving forward and, and big style for you guys yeah no it's great it's um it's really good to to be back and to be able to to kind of get out and do do the live shows that you know we were kind of looking forward to for the best part of 18 months and yeah just to get out and, and do it again really and to do all the things that we that we had planned over 2020 that, that we weren't able to do so um no it's really it's an exciting time and it's been yeah just amazing to be able to get back doing what we love and last one looked very busy, uh, a number of dates down south, and then the sold-out yep. gig at the Dry Gate. Playing live and, and seeing the whites of people's eyes after kind of not knowing who's watching and, and Zoom and such like, that must be an incredible feeling. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, do you know, because when, when the sort of restrictions came in, um, sort of March uh, 2020 or whatever, um, we just played uh, Celtic Connections in Glasgow, which is sold out. Um, and then, like, the following month, we played the Mash House in Edinburgh, which had also sold out. And th- they were two, like, really jumping shows for us. You know, it felt like things were kind of uh, get, getting to a good a good place for us. And then all of a sudden, obviously, the whole world shut down and there was no no clue whether, you know, people were still interested or whether they were still with us or, you know, whether when we got out at the other end, anyone would would want to come and see us still. Or um, So, you know, it's just, uh, it's been fantastic to actually get out and, you know, see see people again and see see the fans again the people who came to see us beforehand and um yeah it's just been been amazing and as you say as well getting down to england um, for the first time um you know we played played a few places down there and yeah it's just been excellent to to go and do it and and to see yeah to see people there who know all the new songs as well that we put out over lockdown um it's just been been excellent yeah what we'll do is we'll go back to to the start and work our way forward i know we've kind of started at the present day but we'll or yeah. reverse a wee bit and I'll start with the kind of generic question of for those that haven't heard rest how would you describe your style and your background to your band yeah so the I would describe it as kind of um heartfelt Scottish indie that's what the press release would say right um it's sort of like a kind of just indie songs that sort of try to capture emotions really um and represent sort of like feelings that hopefully people can can relate to um expressed and um yeah with with lyrics that sort of have some depth to them and some meaning to them that's what we try and shoot for anyway um i mean in terms of the the music musical influences and stuff i mean for us we're very much inspired by uh, frightened rabbit in particular that's the sort of main main influence that we would say um so yeah it's just that it's that that kind of style is sort of what we're what we're aiming for obviously with our own kind of um, and spin on that sort of genre. Look back on the, the media stuff that you did when the band started out, you described mm. yourselves as a hobby band. Um, <laughs> was, was that something that quickly evaporated and it became more than a fun project? Or was there was there any sort of aspirations in starting out? So it's funny because the hobby band was uh, literally right, a throwaway phrase that I used one time in an interview with a, with a journalist. I suppose there's a lesson there, right, about uh, watching your wording, but um, I suppose it is accurate too. I mean, we've been in a band in various forms for um, most of our adult lives, really. Um, like I met 
Stephen, who plays guitar, um, and Craig back in like 2008, 2009, something like that, we were starting starting making music. And very much, I mean, at the start, we met at an open mic night. Um, we kind of, we practiced together to play songs at the open mic night. Like there was no kind of, you know, we had no uh, no visions of, of anything greater than that. Um, but it's just as you, as you sort of get into it and you kind of, you know, because it's such a sort of multifaceted thing, like just the kind of live performance has so many angles to it and so much, um, there's just quite a lot of meat to uh, to it as a topic and to trying to improve your live sound. And then also on the other side, you start recording and you realise that that is a whole new ball game in and of itself. And um, there's so much more depth to that and so many things you learn the more you do it. And yeah, I just think we sort of like, we got sucked in really um, and we've never never managed to find our way out since. Um, but you know, I mean, some somewhere along the way, we kind of felt that we were starting to come up with original music that we felt proud of, um, and that we wanted to actually go and play, uh, play live to to people, and um, that's that's what we started to do. I mean, you obviously speak to a lot of people in bands, and I'm sure there's plenty of people who share the same kind of story of playing gigs in empty rooms or like playing to like ten people and and stuff like that. And we played many um, many gigs like that over the years. Um, but it's just the sort of like you keep going for the the love of it and the passion of it um, and eventually for us I mean luckily we're now able to go and play and people will come and see us um, but the ultimately like our our main driving the main driving influence for us is just to make good music um, the music that we feel proud of um, and to get out and, and play it in front of people really. I noticed back at the, the start of the band or just after the information and releasing songs you were including the spotify playlist and you touched on mm. something there that I, I speak to to a lot of bands that when they were starting out or that are starting out and they aspire for that one wee bit of luck really where mm. maybe get that included on bbc scotland and the, the evening show or the daytime show or, or something like spotify which is obviously a massive massive platform that brings you to millions upon millions of people. Was that a, was that a turning point where you actually suddenly have that music out there? You've you've worn your heart and your sleeve and released that stuff, and then people have got access to these exclusive playlists featuring your music. That's def- definitely, I would say, that was like a key a key turning point for us with the first album. Um, was the song "Human." Um, which was uh, the third single, I think. And when it came out as a single, you know, it's just like any any other single, really. There was no uh, not nothing, no no signs at that stage that anything was really going to happen round about it. And then, yeah, I guess it was just uh, we just kind of hit it lucky. We won the Spotify lottery, really, um, and got on quite a decent sized playlist. And you know, it's funny because the number of people that have said to me since, "Oh, I heard you like heard you on Spotify," can thanks human human. I heard it on the playlist. You know, it's definitely that's brought us to. A lot of new people who wouldn't have accessed otherwise so definitely like a lot to be to be thankful for there um it's funny now because whatever obviously we mentioned the uk tour they are um and now we we went down to brighton which was sold out um you know like i've never been to brighton previously i don't know a single person in brighton but i go down to brighton and there's a room of people who know human um and obviously like some other songs but that's you kind of get the impression that that's the key the key driver for us um, but and you know it's just funny from a sort of writing point of view. Like I think back to like I can recall writing Human, um, and just purely like for 
my my own sake purely like for for me and my friends to play in our band you know before long before uh, the album was actually finished and released um, and to just now kind of be in the position where uh, everywhere we go really people people know that song is uh, yeah it's a sort of pinch yourself moment yeah that's, that's magnificent and I, I think to my own experience of especially in the last 18 months of working from home I'll, I'll play the discover weekly playlist I'll, I'll play various other playlists and I'll discover bands through accident basically and that's what brought me onto you guys as well it just came up yeah. as a as a recommended listen um, for similar artists and, and suddenly I fell in love and then that's the that's a, that's a really special thing that you can kind of stumble across hidden gems and grow to have such an affinity for that band and it must be an amazing feeling as well going down to like to Brighton and right in the south coast and and hearing people sing back your own music to you it's absolutely incredible you know it's just like uh, it's it's funny because when we played the album launch um which was like played the hug and pint in glasgow um and that was the first the first gig that any of us had ever played that was properly sold out like you couldn't fit another person in the room and um you know, it was just weird even at that point to have people's, like, that felt like mission accomplished in a way because we never set out to, you know, we didn't set out with any aspirations or any, like, uh, kind of grand plans. Um, so to go to a room of 100 in Glasgow and play that and have people singing music back was just, was sort of beyond beyond wildest dreams, really, in and of itself. Um, and then to sort of, since then, obviously, we've played bigger rooms in Scotland but we've also had the opportunity to go and do those same kind of smaller rooms elsewhere and have that same experience, you know, like it's like played it in Manchester, same deal, like went to Leeds, it was the same, London and Birmingham, um, like, you know, it's busy, busy nights everywhere we've gone with people who know the music really, so it's just what, what more can you ask for? Um, so I think from, from our point of view, like we've got a lot to be thankful to Spotify for in particular. Um, I know streaming gets a, a bad reputation sometimes and it doesn't always pay pay the most per stream and stuff, and that that is a valid criticism. Um, but just in terms of bringing people to the music that you maybe wouldn't otherwise have reached, uh, Spotify certainly uh, certainly for us anyway, it's done a lot of good. I can see where that's at. It's it's almost a double edged sword, isn't it? The, yeah. It's an amazing vehicle for for promotion. But at the same time, I can, I can also see where bands would almost be reluctant to share their Spotify accounts because they paid such a pittance for for streams. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, it goes both ways, I suppose. The, the debut album was released at the end of May last year and it drew comparisons to the like of sort of Frightened Rabbit, Twilight, Twilight Sad, rather. I'll start yeah. again. It drew comparisons <laughs> to the likes of Frightened Rabbit, Twilight Sad, We Were Promised Jetpacks. And, and while I love all of these bands, especially Frightened Rabbit and the Twilight Sad. From an outsider looking in, I always think there's a bit of a, a risk sometimes that the immense quality of the, the band themselves is missed because of these comparisons. People are, are maybe trying mm. to look too hard to compare it to something else rather than just seeing it for what it is, if that, if that makes yeah. any sense. Um, was, was that a... I thought that went through your head that the the quality of your own work would maybe be put to one side because of 
comparisons and sounds to other bands or was it just more a privilege to be compared to those sort of bands well that's an interesting one like and there is definitely like a valid valid point you make because obviously when you get into making music like we're into it, if you know what I mean like but it's it's the sort of main thing that I think about uh, most of the time like you do want to be recognized in your own right for it and you do want to kind of you know you want people to appreciate it for the the kind of uh, passion and dedication and the sort of like work really that goes into it um but at the same time I mean for me personally like I'm, I know the other guys feel the same but for me personally to have comparisons to Frightened Rabbit for instance is, is uh I mean I'm, I'll take that all day long do you know like I'm more than happy for people to to compare my songs to Frightened Rabbit songs like it's kind of a uh, sort of yeah just like again it's the sort of pinch yourself stuff um whereby if we were to actually like choose bands that we would want to be likened to and, and seen in the same breath with we would you know these these are the bands we would pick so I mean it is a it is a tremendous honor to be uh even mentioned in the same breath as them really but um I do get what you're saying like obviously ultimately uh we want people to like and appreciate the music for its own sake not because it's like a sort of pound shop version of someone else's songs if you know what I mean like we want people to actually like appreciate the songs and the albums uh in their own right um, but yeah, tremendous honour to, to even be mentioned alongside some of our favourite bands, really. How did you find the process of releasing your first album in the midst of the pandemic as well? I've, I've spoken to a lot of bands about this, that the ones that re- continue to release material or, or release the first material during the, the lockdowns and, and such like. And they said it was almost like a, a release and then wait for a reaction that you, you don't get that immediate reaction mm-hmm. through playing playing the songs live and, and kind of seeing for yourselves how people feel about the songs instead kind of have to undergo some sort of trial by social media almost when you're waiting for the feedback to, to slowly come through. No, I can certainly relate to that. I mean, so our debut album was actually the year previous, so it came out in May 2019. Um, and then we got the chance to gig that until March 2020 when the restrictions came in. Um, and at that point, we obviously had the year mapped out and then it was kind of like, a, like what, what are we going to do here? Um, do you know, like we've got, we had the UK tour was meant to have happened early 2020. The Germany tour, we're going to cross to Germany um, for a couple of weeks later this year. That was meant to have happened um, in 2020 also. Do you know, so the year was completely booked up for us. And then we quickly found ourselves like, what are we going to do? So we pivoted to release our EP, uh, A World That's Left You Unspoken, um, which we recorded. Basically, we wrote it, recorded it, um, and released it all from home during the first lockdown, um, when you know when everything was really properly up in the air and really didn't have any clue how things were going to pan out. Um, so we kind of had the experience of in sort of reasonably quick succession, doing a sort of release in normal times and the release in uh, pandemic times, right? So, and what you're saying about the kind of not getting that instantaneous feedback is definitely something that we felt. Um, you know, you can tell that people are listening to it because you see the numbers and, you know, you see your Spotify numbers or whatever, or you know people are buying the vinyl. Um, so, you, you know people are listening to it and people tell you they like it on social media but you don't get the same 
feel for it as you do when you stand in a room full of people who are singing it back. You know, that's that's the best way to work out which songs people are really connecting with. Um, you know, in which just to, to get that sort of, uh, yeah, just to get get stuff back from from uh, the listeners, really, which is like such an important part of the creative process as well. Um, it's, it's such a big part of why we do it too. It's like about that kind of connection. It's about sort of, it's a two-way exchange. It's not like a kind of, you don't just want to broadcast music into the abyss. Um, and it did feel kind of like that with the EP that we released during the pandemic. However, when we went to do the tour, so obviously uh, we got to do our tour uh, like last month um, or we started it last month. And since then, we've actually found that although it's the album tour, like a lot of people are coming in sort of buzzing about the EP songs and the kind of newer material too, which is really nice in a way as well, because it's, you know, that's the sort of, uh, that's the confirmation that people were, were listening, you know, like there, there was stuff happening, even though it wasn't as immediately obvious as it had been when we released the album. Yeah, apologies there. I did get my, my timeline somewhat mixed up in, in terms of the, it was the, of course, the EP that was released um, just over a year ago now, uh, right, yeah. during the, the, the pandemic. The the momentum that you you built up during the back end of 2019 and into the gigs in 2020, did you feel that your wings had been clipped somewhat when, when things all came to a halt? I, I know it was the same for for every act, but it, it just feels like you were you were really in the fast lane at that point and things were going so well and there was a, a lot of momentum with you. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, there's clearly there's never a good time for a, a sort of global pandemic, right? Um, but specifically in the case of our band, it probably came at the worst possible time that it could have come at, um, just in terms of, like, like the trajectory that we were on and how things were sort of mobilizing for us. And I think the sort of concern uh, since then has just really been with, with this undefined period, with this period of no, with no end date, how do we sort of like keep that momentum going when we have to fundamentally reorganize how we actually work as a band? Um, do you know, and that was the thing. It was, so obviously the restrictions came in sort of late March, 2020 and we were sort of, you know, like, what, what do we do? Like cancel shows for a couple of months um, and see, see where we're at. And then it was in April, we sort of uh, realized, luckily it was, it was reasonably early on, but we kind of cottoned on to the fact this wasn't going to be a short-term thing. This wasn't going to be like just a couple of weeks and then back to normal business. Um, and that's when we sort of began, um, you know, began the EP just as a way of sort of just giving us something to do really and just giving us like a focus as a band so that we could continue doing it and sort of keep the keep the kettle boiling um and then so that obviously came out and we, we then did a vinyl release um of that and then as things kind of opened up in the summer like slightly we were able to go and do like a live series um like of, of video sessions at mac arts and gala shields um which we were able to release over the period and so it felt as if there was we were able to keep stuff going and to, to have stuff happening creatively and um, which sort of tied tied us over but um do you know in, in a way as well it's interesting because a world that's left you unspoken um which is kind of implied in the in the title of the ep was it was songs that were would probably never have actually been songs had it not been for the circumstances that uh, the world found itself in 
Um, you know, had we not had the shutdown, we wouldn't have written those songs or we wouldn't have kind of taken the scraps of ideas that we had and done anything with them. We would have just continued with the Coward of Us All stuff, the album stuff that we had planned, really. So in a way, for us, although the momentum was definitely disrupted by the events uh, from March onwards, like the fact that we got the EP from it um, is kind of taking the band in a, in a slightly different direction to that which it would have otherwise gone in. Um, but I think now in hindsight, looking back, like it feels like that was a beneficial move. Um, people, as I said on the tour, like people had really connected with the new songs as much as they had with the album. Um, so, you know, it feels like the band is a more complete package now after the pandemic and, and in a way because of it, um, which is quite weird and not where we thought we were going to be uh, when things first first shut down. But um, yeah, I'm certainly glad, we're all glad to be back um, on a kind of more normal footing where we can go and actually play gigs and sort of get on with the stuff that we were supposed to have done previously. Um, and from what we've seen so far, like fortunately, the momentum still seems to be there. People still seem to be like excited to come and see us and uh, seem to be connecting with the, the music and stuff. So yeah, from that point of view, we just uh, hope, hope that we can carry that forward really um, for the rest of this year and into into next. That makes perfect sense in, in two forms. Firstly, with the EP being kind of pandemic related, that very much helps because I think there's going to be a time in the next six months where every film, TV show, a music album released is going to be about what we've experienced over the course of the pandemic. So in a way, you're kind of trendsetters there. <laughs> in a way, yeah. <laughs> and, and secondly, I think that when we search for, for positives of the, the pandemic, and I don't mean this in any sort of crass way, but most people did have a bit more time in their hands. So they were listening to more music, they were reading more books and such like. So maybe they were discovering some material that they otherwise wouldn't have heard. Mm -hmm. I think there's, de there's definitely something, uh, something in that. Um, I mean, I think just in terms of like, if we could, if as a band, we could choose to have 18 months of no gigs or with people listening to music more or to have continued to play gigs, we would obviously have chosen to continue to play gigs. Um, just even sort of pandemic factors aside, we would have chosen to continue to operate as a band in that way. Um, because ultimately that's why we do it as well. That's what, what we do it for. Like the live thing, without live, it's kind of, it's a bit more of a soulless process. It's still an enjoyable process, but it's a bit more of a soulless one. Um, so from that point of view, like I'm not sure that I um, massively, like I'm not sure that I massively prefer the way things panned out. In fact, I think I probably would have preferred that they didn't just purely from a band perspective. Um, but looking back in hindsight, um, I think we've managed to make the best out of a bad situation for us as a band. It definitely seems like you've come out the other side and, and not too bad a, a condition, I suppose. And, and now you've, you've got the EP to back up the album as well. So that just adds an extra dimension to your live show. And mm -hmm. at, at the start of 2021, and I'm trying to kind of work out what was the start of 2021. I can't believe we're sitting here and it's nearly September, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> you played the, the full band gig back in February uh, that was hosted free in, in YouTube and, and yeah. Facebook as well. And I, I thought that 
the fantastic thing about that was it was a time where there was a lot of bands and artists playing live streamed shows and it was £10, £15 mm-hmm. and the word you used in your last point was soulless and I would say that's exactly I would relate that to sport as well without spectators yeah. being in as well it's just not got that extra drive it's not got that atmosphere, it's not got that colour the vibrancy mm-hmm. and that for me was watching quite a lot of these these live sets the thing I really enjoyed about yours was first and foremost I've not seen you live so it was a really good opportunity to see you live for the first time and and secondly the fact was that it felt like you were giving back to the people that had supported you through the kind of more uncertain times with the the release of the EP and the first album as well the previous year yeah a hundred percent like I mean that's something that like all of us like genuinely do feel so appreciative that there are people out there who listen to our music and buy our music and come and see us. And like, it's the, the thought of actually sitting at home and like charging money. And obviously I understand why people have done it. Like obviously everyone's in different circumstances or whatever. Um, but the thought of charging people money to watch that in those times kind of thing, it just doesn't sit well with us. It's not really what we're about. Like we want to... It, giving back in a way but it's just more of a sort of like as more keeping the thing going keeping the sort of like community going in a way that it's sort of built up around around their shows because I mean there was a time when obviously a, a short period of time actually although it feels much longer when I think back but between the sort of album coming out and restrictions kicking in we played like quite a few shows across Scotland you know and you see like a lot of the same faces coming to each of these gigs and really backing us and really believing what we're doing and it's the thought of us then turning around to these people and sort of like with our hands out, it just didn't sit right for what is very much an inferior experience. It's funny because you remember around about that time as well, there was sort of like, it felt like people, and I don't just mean music people, I just mean like across society in general, were just kind of trying to sell the idea that like, oh, it's just the same, like just have a Zoom Christmas. Do you know what I mean? Just have like, just get all your friends together, like, and you can just, you can have a great night on Zoom. It's like, it's not, it's not the same. It's not the same thing. And it never will be the same thing, like no matter how many times you try and say that it is. Um, and certainly like for gigs, like absolutely not the same experience. Um, so no, like we're not, not really up for charging for that. Um, yes, we wanted to do it because we wanted to perform as well. It's something you miss doing. It's something like you kind of need to be doing as a band. Um, and it is giving something back um, in a way, but it's also just about the sort of like, just do just the kind of keeping the community going in the best and really only way that we possibly could in the circumstances like had had we had a free choice I don't think we would ever choose to wouldn't choose to perform music like that if we could help it um, but you know needs must at the end of the day what, what are you going to do when there are no gigs allowed and none for the foreseeable um, so in a way I think it has worked out well because like you're saying you know people got to see us who wouldn't have otherwise seen us live or haven't seen us live, um, including like like a lot of fans from sort of like the US and Germany and stuff like that, um, people in like New Zealand, whatever, Canada, like people who have discovered us online somehow um, and would just logistically be, you're never able to come and see us live. They were able to to tune in and watch watch these live streams. Um, so, so it does have some good points, but yeah, we're just not uh, not really up for charging money for that. 
it came across really well. It was it was a, a really great first introduction uh, to to your live show. The the second oh, second wind followed, uh, and in the the press release for that, it was written as a song of endings, new beginnings, moving on, and looking forward uh, with mm-hmm. renewed hope, which uh, seems very apt again for the circumstances. Though you said that wasn't really written with the pandemic in mind. Uh-huh. So it it wasn't like none of none of the music, like even the EP, like it wasn't written as a reflection on the pandemic at all. Um, but with Second Wind in particular, like there was a song that we had from a collection of new songs that felt particularly appropriate for the kind of emergence from like into this new world, like whatever it was going to look like. It felt to us that Second Wind was a good just a good fit for that vibe really, just a good fit for that sort of like time. Um, and it's funny because the release, obviously we have like a few a few singles um, that we've been releasing and a few more, few more to follow. And it was like, I wanted to time that to coincide with things getting a bit better and things like looking a bit brighter um, in, in that sort of sense. Um, so yes, Second Wind, it, it fits for the time, even though it's not specifically about that, but it was very much timed to coincide with things getting slightly more back towards normal. Just kind of going back, because there was something that was on my mind while we were, we were talking about the live stream, and how much do you think, in terms of the community, these things have helped in kind of keeping people just ticking over in, in terms of fans of the band? It, it's been a shitty time for, for so many. Uh, and I, I think that music is is such a massive part of so many people's lives. And it it, it can just take your mind off the outside world for mm-hmm. for a couple of hours. How how big do you think that's been in terms of both releasing music and then also kind of continuing to communicate, whether that be by playing these live sets online or even just communicating with people on social media. Honestly, I think it's been like absolutely huge, like a godsend for so many people in what were otherwise like really pretty grim times across the board um, for everyone, really. Like people, you know, obviously on social media and stuff, you get quite a lot of messages from all, all people from all over the place, really, who've connected with the music or, you know, who like a particular song or they tell you what, what something means to them or whatever. And, you know, all throughout the lockdown period, we would get, and certainly, especially around about doing sort of like the live from lockdown stuff we did and other live streams and whatever, like you get messages from people directly telling you like how helpful it is and how, you know, it's like cheered them up so much or how they've like what what's made them feel or what's made them think or whatever. And just to actually see that, you know, it's kind of it's stuff like that that makes you think, oh, like, you know, what was what was once a hobby band like playing for open mic and stuff it's like nah there's actually you know there's it feels like like we want to do this and there are people who have some degree of interest in this which just makes it like all the more it just makes all the more important to us really it just gives it kind of like a bit more relevance not that i think we would ever give it up i mean if all the people who listen to our music disappeared tomorrow like we'd still be still be doing it still be putting out albums it's not about that but you know just to kind of know that that's there 
Um, do you know what it's like as well, obviously, uh, being out and about on the UK tour? Like people would tell us, like there was a story that we heard from a fan and two, like basically a guy and his uh, girlfriend, basically. And the guy was telling us that they used to phone each other over lockdown, like they're sort of separated by the lockdown or whatever. And they used to phone each other and listen to Coward of Us All during their phone call, which is just like crazy, really. It's just a crazy thought considering this is something that's like, you know, the music is so personal to me, really, and to us as a band. Like it's, it's our songs that we wrote, me and my friends kind of thing. And, you know, to think that people, it has some relevance to people's lives, particularly in such a sort of like grim time. Um, it's just like quite a special thing, really. That must be remarkably humbling. It's it's just it's, it's a lovely story, all in all. To be honest, but it's just uh, it it just shows you the power of it. And I think mm. it's something that I've mentioned on here before. There, there's been times during all of the the capers that that have went on in the world that you do get dragged down by it, and you you need, need to kind of pull yourself out of a hole. Um, and so often there's there's bands and albums that I'll turn to again and again. And Curse of Us All was one of those ones. Just was there for me when when things were just not as good as I hoped. <laughs> and uh, it's it just uh, so it's kind of one of these things. It just shows you it demonstrates the power of music. It really does, and I think it also demonstrates though know, the quality of the the band as people though because I've seen it on many occasions where you are interacting and you're, you're speaking to people and it's just breaking down these walls and these perceptions that the bands are on a different level from their, their fans quite often. Not, we're just all normal people with similar passions really, aren't we? Oh, 100%. Like, I mean, it's it's funny because like, it's something that's uh, been said like a few times and it's, it's always actually like quite amusing to hear it, like sort of like, you know, like there's the, the band are hum- like, such humble guys right? people have said things like that before it's like why, why on earth would we be anything other than that it's just like absolutely ludicrous to do you know and it's like oh i didn't expect like you to be out on the floor of the gig like talking to, it's like why not like what, what are we gonna do like sit backstage on high and like wait for wait for the show to start like it's not really our style it's not really what we're about like we're still and i think we'll always be like certainly me like i'm still in the phase of being like fascinated whenever anybody tells me they like my music because I, I like uh i mean obviously like i hope people like it and that's kind of like sort of the point really in a way but it's written for me really it's like it's, it's not really for it's not really for that so i mean when people tell me like oh, i've listened to your music well, first of all i'm absolutely fascinated that they've come across it like how have you how have you heard about our band and second of all like what is it you like about it like tell, tell me more because i'm just like absolutely fascinated to hear it so like of course I'm going to speak to anyone who wants to communicate with me about my music. Like, absolutely. It's the most flattering thing in the world. Like I can't imagine anything more special or purposeful, like to me, um, especially when the band and uh, our music is like an absolutely central focus of my day-to-day life. Like if some stranger from anywhere out there wants to like ping me a message or come up and chat to me at a gig, like I'm all for that. I'm here for it all day long. Like, and the, the rest of us, like the rest of the band are absolutely the same. Um, so, yeah, like, there's no kind of, uh, there's no sort of, I don't know, there's no distance from us to the people who come and see our music. Like, we are all the same, all people at the end of the day. And, like, we're all kind of like, yeah, as you say, like, shared passions and shared interests. And 
um, yeah, I'm just like delighted that people do come to to the shows and even more delighted if people want to speak to me about it. We'll talk briefly about the gigs that you've played recently and also the gigs coming up before we talk about the new single. But there's a, there's a few that in particular I would like to mention and uh, Capers and Canic looked like a, yes. a really interesting set up, a really kind of innovative idea for a festival and just kind of trying to operate an uncertainty. It seemed to go down very well. Mm. It's, Capers and Canic was our first show back of any kind, really. It was the first time we'd played in front of people for obviously like a year and a half or whatever, or the best part of a year and a half. Um, and honestly, the, the team up at Canic had put on such a good setup, given the restrictions that they were working with um, and the sort of like the uncertainty and stuff. Like, honestly, hats off to them, like, because it was, I mean, they put on a really good show, like the festival, like the site was great. Um, there was a really good like atmosphere to it and stuff as well. It didn't feel that, like, it didn't feel like the sort of restrictions were kind of oppressive or uh, like they weren't like overly limiting to the experience, if you know what I mean? Like you still had a kind of, like we all still had like a good time there. Um, and like, you know, people who, like people who went to Canic like had a great time um, over the, the course of the weekend or whatever. So I mean, it's, yeah, like hats off to them. Like it was really good fun to play it. Um, it was actually like a relief to play it as well in a way because it was literally the first sign that, you know, maybe, maybe things could actually eventually get back to normal. Maybe we could actually go and play live again. Um, and uh, it was actually terrified in a way as well because it'd been so long since we'd actually done it and um, I'm not sure if other bands feel the same but there's definitely like for us a kind of just a sense of being like match fit if you know what I mean like and when when you're playing gigs every week or you're playing like a couple of gigs you know a few gigs a month or whatever like you get pretty tight like pretty quickly like you, you know your stuff and then when you sit at home for like 18 months and you only do kind of occasional live streams or whatever um you know, like regaining that match fitness takes like you, you just really need to bring your A game. And so yeah, it you've felt got to like sort of retrain um, sort of thing. Yes, yeah. It was like uh, it was maybe a slightly more nervy performance at Canic than we would have liked, although we had a really good time. It was just like uh, just kind of getting back into the swing of it, really. Um, but no, I mean the, the festival itself was like really hats off to them, like um a really great, great uh, festival. And yeah, I think it's uh I'm not sure if it's actually still running. Like there might still be a few of them. I think uh, one before the, the end of the year. I think it's at the end of September. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll double check that date. Uh, but the, I know I know one fell by the wayside because uh, due to circumstances out with their control. But I, I think that they've ran three now and they've got a fourth and final one towards the end of September, which is a monumental effort, really, particularly Definitely. given that it's obviously an idea that's been built up of at a time where they've had to invest a lot of money, time and effort and not sure if they're going to even be able to take place. So yeah, that's a, that's a superb thing. And I'm sure it's given a number of bands the opportunity to play the first festival as well, which is, is another kind of great thing to add to the list. Mm, Absolutely. No, like definitely if there's, I mean, I'm not sure, when the final one is or if there's still tickets available but if there are like i would definitely encourage people to go up and check it out um it's a really cool site and stuff as well and uh, yeah so it's, it's a really good setup next one you start the month with a, a hometown show in Dumfries. Mm. that will be a, a big moment for the for the band as well i'm sure 
Yes, so uh, I'm not the most qualified one to talk because it's actually not my hometown, right? So it's everybody else in the you're band. The, you're, the, you're the quarter then? Yes, I'm the quarter who's not actually from Dumfries. Um, but yeah, so like for the, the rest of the guys, I mean, they are sort of like Dumfries born and bred, like they went to school there and stuff. And, um, you know, so like it's a proper proper homecoming. Um, and again, this is another show that's been like a year and a half in the making. Um, do you know, it's been something that's been like a place we've wanted to play Um do you know, because I mean, when when the guys were kids, like they used to play in like teenage bands or whatever, and they play like in Dumfries. Do you know, it was the kind of that was that was the only place they'd play really. Um, but do you know, and so now to go back, like um, I think it will be like a very special moment for for all of them and vicariously for me as well. I'm hoping that Dumfries adopts me for the night as uh, one of their own, and we can just like skirt over the fact that I'm not actually from there. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe edit that bit out where we called you the quarter. And what about the the shows in Germany and uh, mm. November time? That again, that's I see that's one that's been been put back and put back. But to get to to play your your music to different nationalities again, another big thing and another one off the bucket list, I'm sure. Oh, honestly, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I was saying, like we were we were happy when we sold out the Hug and Pint in Glasgow. Do you know what I mean? That was like that was it. Like we'd reached the reached the pinnacle of our aspirations. Um, so now to look look forward to November, um, we're going across for two weeks and I think we've got 10 shows um, across Germany. So it's a proper like uh, thorough tour of Germany. Um, and I mean, like Hamburg has sold out, like long since sold out. Berlin's nearly sold out. Like, so, I mean, it's people in Germany are coming to see our music too, which is, you know, you mentioned bucket list type stuff. Like I honestly feel like we're beyond that um, to even be entertaining the thought of going across to play to a sold out room in Hamburg it's just I can't even quite wrap my head around it to be honest but um, I'm sure it's going to be like absolutely fantastic when we go out like I can't wait to get across and um, yeah go and explore Germany like and yeah go, go and play our music to German rest fans I can't I struggle to even picture exactly what that's going to look like but I can't wait Have you got the, the camper van booked and everything else? Is that the <laughs> Well, this is the thing, right? Because it was like the UK tour. We don't know exactly what the restrictions are going to look like at the time, what the sort of like travel arrangements are and stuff. So, um, you know, with the UK tour, we were sitting on the Friday, not knowing whether we were going to be touring on the Tuesday of the following week. Um, so it was all a bit kind of last minute. Um, and I think the German tour is potentially shaping up in a similar way. Um, I mean, we've got we've got plans, but we're just kind of like, holding holding on that before we like pull the trigger just to kind of work out how that's going to look I mean just around like quarantines and whether there's stuff like that involved or um and obviously it's an ever-changing picture as well so we're hopeful that it'll go ahead um as scheduled in November and it'll be plain sailing but uh in terms of booking stuff we're just holding off on that for the moment until we know a bit more about how that's going to look yeah I'd like to apologize for the number of times I've had to bring up Covid and, and such like, but I, I guess that so much of, of what's going on just now, it, it's all so many moving parts and so many factors that have have taken place in the last eighteen months and, and still continue to to kind of dominate the psyche sometimes. But the the release of medicine tomorrow seems like yet another step forward, and we've talked about many step forwards for the band in mm. in recent times. Back to live shows, a single released in June, and now another single released. Uh, on the 27th of August so happy days there uh, it's one that I'm, I'm very much looking forward to thanks very much yeah it's actually like uh, medicine for me is like a uh, 
it's funny because all all the songs like I like I wouldn't want to put out a song that I didn't feel particularly passionate about or I didn't feel that I was a hundred percent behind. But there are still some songs that really particularly resonate, if you know what I mean, just like personally resonate. And I think medicine's one of those for me. Um it's like it's, it's just a song that I, I just quite like it really. Um, kind of above and beyond uh, the the norm, um, so I'm really excited to put it out. Like um, I got the chance to play it in a sort of early, early state uh, over one of the kind of live streams during lockdown, um, and people people seem to respond really well to it. So I'm hoping that uh, the same will be true when it kind of comes out um, when it when it comes out on the 27th. Like it's been a funny one because this the song. And all the songs, like they come together, like it's like it's me and acoustic guitar, basically, like at first before we kind of flesh it out and build it into a more sort of developed, um, de- developed kind of sonic palette or whatever. Um, and for medicine, while the song itself came together quite quickly, the actual full band version of it is something we battled with for quite a while just to kind of work out how we wanted it to sound and how we wanted everything to kind of come together. Um, it was that was with Mark Morrow um, in Edinburgh, who we've recorded the first album with, um, who's like been massively helpful and like um, just in terms of helping us kind of shape how we want to sound. Um, but yeah, certainly like with the finished product, like I'm really excited to kind of get medicine out and uh, share it, share it with everyone, and I hope that they share my personal enthusiasm for the song. I'm sure they will, and we'll. Be sure to, to plug it as much as we can here uh, when the release comes at midnight. And obviously this podcast will be out from about midday tomorrow as well. So a very exciting day for you tomorrow. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Certainly before be. midday. <laughs> 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 we'll go back to the generic questions uh, to finish up. At this point of the podcast, I tend to ask my guest for three Scottish bands that the listeners may or may not have heard of that you love and would like to give a wee shout out to. Okay, yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a good question. So um, so we've just played Drygate um, in Glasgow there a couple of weeks ago, um, and we got the chance to play with a band called Seeing Other People for the first time. I think it was actually their first show. Um, there's guys who have been in bands for like years and years and years. It's like Ryan McGlone, um, who played in People Places Maps and The Youth and Young as well. Um, so it's kind of a new project that's uh, that's going on there, but that was like really, really good, really like great songs and like a strong set there. Um, also, Layaway as well, um, another like incredibly good band. Um, so yeah, definitely check them out. Um, another one as well, I'll say is uh, like it's a singer songwriter from uh, Bathgate, or certainly from West Lothian. We played with them in Bathgate um, at one of our kind of earlier shows. It's called A Dull Boy. Um, and he often plays like or he played with a band um, at one of the gigs but like it's funny because sometimes you kind of like hear like you play with a kind of support support act or whatever and you're kind of stopped in your tracks a wee bit by just like how how good the songs are that you're you're hearing kind of thing and that was very much the experience with with a dull boy and um, like lyrics are like so so strong like he's the guy's a poet um, and heavily underrated, so definitely, definitely recommend checking checking him out too. Oh, brilliant! And it tends to be these answers are then my podcast guests for the next four weeks. So that's uh... oh, well. I mean, oh. 
but that, that's that's another great point. The the fact that we've not been out seeing live gigs and seeing support acts is it something mm-hmm. that we've had to find new ways to to discover new music rather than going along to touch at, at seven o'clock and catching the support band and I'm just absolutely blowing your mind. Oh, and, and, yeah. and that's what I'm really looking forward to over the next couple of months, just to hopefully see loads of just undiscovered gems and just to have that kind of exhilarating process of of discovering new music like that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that's like for all that social media and Spotify and all the rest of it is um, helpful for discovering stuff. It's those chance it's those chance discoveries that are often the best, right? It's the kind of organicness of that process um, that's definitely been lost over the, the past wee while or whatever. So yeah, definitely bring it on. Like, um, yeah, it's one of the best ways to come across a new band. So definitely like get yourself down early whenever you're going to a gig because you never know, you never know what you might get. The final question, as it always is, just before we finish, if there's anything that you'd like to plug or, or give a shout out to in terms of new material, live shows that perhaps the people are stalling and buying tickets and you really want to give them a kick up the arse. Uh, anything <laughs> like that, the, the floor is yours. <laughs> okay, amazing. Right, so uh, we've got like a few big shows coming up for us. Um, we're playing Newcastle on the 3rd of September um, at Think Tank. Um, so that sold out like quite quickly um, and then was upgraded. Uh, there was also like a few problems with the original venue, but it was upgraded to a bigger room. Um, so there's still a few tickets left for that. So come and see us if you're in Newcastle. Um, LaBelle in Edinburgh, like LaBelle Angel, on Friday the 10th of September. That is the biggest rest show ever uh, by capacity. Um, already, like we're way over two-thirds tickets sold, must be approaching like three-quarters sold by now. Um, so there's like a good chance that'll sell out. Um, it's already at the most tickets ever sold for a rest gig. It's going to be massive. So definitely come in and see us there if you're in Edinburgh or the surrounding. Um, and then obviously Dumfries as well. Come see us in Dumfries too. Uh, plenty of chances to see rest in September. Um, but yeah, you get tickets at like rest.band slash gigs. Um, and then I guess if I was to give a shout out, if I'm allowed one more shout out, um, I would say check out the new single Medicine. It's coming out on the 27th. It's probably out by the time you're listening to this. Go and have a listen on Spotify. Follow us. Get us an Instagram. Bandcamp for vinyl and assorted other things. Uh, yeah, follow us on Facebook. Do your do your thing. Just come and be part of it. Sure, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for your time tonight. It's been a, a pleasure speaking to you. It's been a pleasure discovering your band over the last year or so. And I want to wish you all the very best going forward. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you next month. And I'm sure I'll see you many, many times after that. Oh, thanks very much. That's really sound. Uh, yeah, cheers for cheers for having us on. Um, yeah, it's been great, great to speak to you. Thanks very much. You've been listening to the Scottish Indie Podcast. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Until then, thank you. Goodbye. human